Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Frank, here as always with my great buddy, AJ. How are you doing? I'm so well, Frank. Thank you for asking. How are you guys? What's going on? Ah, so, so good. You know, it's like almost summer. It feels like summer. Some days are too summer. It's too hot. Our air conditioning is kind of broken. (laughs) Oh, man, really? Yeah, so, well, we're just hoping it's a a service thing, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, I don't want any more 88-degree days until that gets fixed. (laughs) No, I totally feel you on that one, man. Uh, But, yeah, no, everything's going well. Um, The exciting thing about watching Civil War, we just got, like, some electrical work done at the house, and... I got a new TV and like mounted it on the on the wall like we needed a new outlet and stuff. Yeah. So I I, I went for the the QLED uh, TV, sixty five inch. Very nice. I just, Very nice. It, and you know it's funny because like I had a four K TV, but I noticed a difference mm-hmm. watching this movie. It's it's not. They're nice. Pa- they're nice panels, man. It makes a big difference. Um, yeah, I, I love my Samsung QLED. I think it's a fantastic picture. Um, I like how dynamic it is. It's, it's really nice. I I think it's like the motion. The biggest thing I noticed, like we started the movie, like that opening sequence where they're fighting in Lagos, like, yes, it moves so quickly and, and it's not blurry. Yes. It's it's, so clear. (laughs) It's, it's very nice. Yeah. It's vivid. And, uh, some of the other stuff. We've been w- watching tons of uh, programming on Apple TV Plus. Oh yeah, um, through the TV. You don't even need yeah. the Apple TV. Yep. Um, really, just beautiful 4K content over there. Very nice stuff. Okay, gotta uh, check that out. Highly recommend it. Um, so yeah, this was your first one. You have your nice audio setup too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like I, before, it was great. Like I, I loved my other TV. We moved it downstairs. Um, we actually had the this new one hooked up for a few days, but we're really just watching like baseball friends and whatever. Like, so this was like the first proper viewing experience and, uh, very, very excited about it. And like, you know, civil war is five years old. Like maybe got to figure like maybe watch Endgame or maybe a star war or something and see how it looks on this TV. But, uh, sure. It's going to be good. Um, so if you've clicked on this, we are talking about Captain America Civil War, like we told you to do your homework. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the the third movie. Um, just wrapping up our, our coverage on Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> as we uh, move into the rest with Loki. And we'll we'll talk about that later. But so. This movie is five years old, which is crazy. Um, do you remember seeing it for the first time? I do. I saw it in San Francisco with Shayna. I ma- I dragged her after a trade show ended to go see it in wow. a nice theater in San Francisco. Um, and yeah, I, you know, walking out of it, I remember thinking, um, you know, wow, that was a lot of movie, um, you know, but very interesting and, you know, definitely upset you know my expectations in a big way you know Mm -hmm. uh definitely wasn't i remember definitely walking out of that movie feeling like i don't know if that's what i expected this really to be about yeah what about you um you know this was one that like there was a bit of build up to like you know like obviously we watch these out of order so like you got a little bit of that in um, in Ultron, which we covered earlier this year, but right. it's like leading towards this. We knew knew what's coming, but also like this overarching Infinity Saga threat coming later on with Thanos. And this feels kind of like a uh, necessary detour to get there, uh, but also kind of a story that probably could have been fleshed out a little bit more, like in the comic books you know, it's a, like a hundred issue event or whatever. Um, and they didn't, they chose not to do that and right. really like brought the scale down um, as much as they could in, in the movie. Um, I, I'm pretty sure this was one that I saw in like the Tyson's corner IMAX theater with the, the, uh, the gang of my, my JMU friends. Um, 
probably, you know, got everyone in a, in a row, sit and, and watch it together. And I remember enjoying it, um, but also like definitely feeling a little let down at the end because it's like it kind of ends on, on a weird beat. Um, the one thing that I'll say, I didn't uh, really get to read it, but I wrote a review of this movie. I never Did published you? it, <laughs> but I okay. wrote it like the day after it came out because I was like, it was what, like a year before the podcast started, I was really thinking about content. I was like, I want to get this on the page and get something out there before being like influenced by other reviews, listening to podcasts and stuff. And like one of the things I, I, I saw in my notes at the end is like, it ends on a weird beat. <laughs> and like, yeah, it, it definitely does. It, it's you're so perceptive. 2016. You, <laughs> um, yes, it totally does. end on a weird beat. 2016 Frankie. And also 2021, Frankie. Um, you know, when, you know, I know that we're getting right to spoilers here, guys, but like, it's also when you watch this movie, I think uh, there's definitely a big misdirect for the MCU in this movie that is pretty significant. And one, and I know that there's a lot of people who saw this coming and, you know, kind of knew a lot of the, you know, other lore about Winter Soldier and uh, and other people. But uh, I, I don't know if I knew that so good. So going in here and seeing kind of how it really focuses on the destruction of the Avengers, um, this time I think going through it, um, and, and, I, and I know you enjoyed it so much, so I hate to say this, this to me feels like a plot move done to break up the Avengers before infinity war. Yes. That, that the idea is that if the Avengers were united and still all working together and then Thanos comes down, there's no way they can't be defeated. They will defeat him, but you have to have this kind of step here where they fall apart and they're no longer on the same terms as they once were. And to me, it felt, um, just like uh, it, it felt like great source material that was being used to fill a plot point, right? It right. didn't like it, like I think when you're watching this movie, there's so many characters that are introduced that are huge parts of the MCU and what we hope and know will become the MCU's future. Uh, but the idea that we're gonna introduce Black Panther, Spider Man, and uh, you know, kind of fully formed Scarlet Witch, Vision, um, you know, Wanda, Wanda Falcon, Falcon, like it's all these know, characters. Like, like it's a, it's a lot. It's a um, lot. It's it's a lot of world building. This movie, like obviously, we've already two phases in, but like this is the start of phase three, and you know we're getting introduced to things like the raft. We're getting introduced to like all these other locations. Um, these other cultures, just like the, the politics of what's going on in the world, like they it's it's a lot. And it, it makes you wonder why they chose to to do it in a Captain America movie <laughs> and not like, I don't know, this is what this is the, the challenge of translating the, uh, you know, to the this medium. Like if this was a, a Disney Plus series <laughs> five years ago, they would have had yeah. time to flesh this all out. Right. That's a good point, but I think what they were trying to capitalize on and what they kind of did also with um, Age of Ultron is, like, they use a great title that you know from the books. They adapt part of it, but they don't adapt all of it because that would be just a little bit too predictable. But, you know, the issue with this is this is such a well-loved run. It's got such a big, huge influence on what happened with comics going forward that I think doing it this way... Um, you know, it just feels like a lot of movie and that going back and watching it, it feels like the, uh, the start of the downturn of the MCU or, or, or in that, like, it's, it's so dark for them mm -hmm. and it didn't feel like that, like in the way that Captain America Winter Soldier is gritty, mm -hmm. right? This didn't necessarily feel like it had that grit. It just felt like it had that like gloom, you know? And yeah. that it just didn't have this it, it 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 also has pacing problems i think but we can get into that sure all right so let's play the plot game 
Yeah, as let's play we, the plot game. As let we me, let me try do. this. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Okay. So, um, there's a couple different ways to do it. The first <laughs> one, the first one is Baron Zemo plays the Avengers against each other until he can reveal to Tony Stark that Bucky Barnes killed his parents, with which he destroys the Avengers and wins the game. Plot number two, mm-hmm. Captain America <laughs> is um, Captain America leading the Avengers exposes the enormous uh, threat and loss that comes with the uh, responsibility of being a superhero. The world reacts and forces these our heroes to um, sign a an agreement to act under the UN. Our heroes are then deciding whether or not this is okay. It is revealed again that Bucky has turned up, and Cap goes on his mission to try to to save Bucky again. Again. Okay. Um, you know, so I, there's a lot, you know, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Tony, Tony Stark is looking to redeem his conscience after losing Pepper, continuing to be Iron Man and destroying a world city. He then adopts <laughs> a young ward from Queens to become a new superhero at the age of 17. Um, you know. There's a lot. There's meanwhile, a lot meanwhile, <laughs> uh, you know, meanwhile, the Wakandans are visiting Lagos, Nigeria, in the wake of the disaster in uh, Wakanda and, uh, or not Wakanda, in Sokovia. Oh my God! There's so there's, there's just, so many just plots. So <laughs> this is a combo sandwich. This is a combo sandwich, and it's you've got not two a, pieces of bread in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean. I remember when we sit, we sit down, it's like, oh, it's two and a half an hours. Okay. Well, at least it's early enough. We'll make it through. But um, it is a lot of movie. In hindsight, like, Endgame is, is three hours, but it has a lot better pace. <laughs> um, it, just mo- it just moves. Like, that movie moves with such an energy. Yeah. And it has such distinct, fun parts, you know, where when – when you cut to the space scene, when you're in the Sanctum Santorum, when you <coughs> get to Wakanda, when you're, um, uh, when they're on Titan, like that movie, like it has good beats that are memorable and episodic. This just feels like, like it, it just it's it's so over bloated. It just has so much. Yeah, and and kudos to the Russo brothers. For putting this together and making this a movie, like that's a crit. Like all the things that happen in this, like n- that you need to possibly three movies, like you had said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To really make this all sing, I think at the highest level, right? But you can't. Af- but you, they couldn't afford to do another, uh, you know, new Iron Man movie because he's fifty million dollars a movie. And, you know, you need but you also need him to be Tony Stark as one of the Avengers in this movie. For sure. You can't make this movie without him. Yeah. You can make this movie without Nick Fury, which they do. (laughs) Right. Um, I think so. I think my problem is like I like the story. I like what they do. I, I think, you know, Zemo's plan is is brilliant. I like. Yeah. I like a lot of the action beats. I just wish that it, I wish that they did more. And I think that, you know, it being a Captain America, it doesn't feel like a Captain America movie really at all. Like there's some, some of the like speechy parts and some of the like, um, something like the political stuff and like the signing of the accords and all that. Yeah. But like, it's an Avengers movie and that has like a, a totally different vibe to it. And, you know, it makes me wonder like how they could have fleshed it out um, by having, you know, a, a two parter or at, at the very least, um, because here, 
you know, it like they try to resolve it and say, okay, well, the Avengers break up, but like, call me. <laughs> like, here's here's a phone. Call me. Like, I'm sorry we don't agree, but you know, we'll be okay, right? Yeah, that that's they had to do that. I think because little kids would have been just crying <laughs> leaving the movie. <laughs> um, but yet yeah, it is a weird beat. It does this again, this seems like it seems like setup. Like that that's what's like is weird mm-hmm. about it. Whereas Infinity War feels so natural even to the characters you know. Like if you had skipped Civil War and you came in at Infinity War, you'd be okay. Like Bruce Banner. He's like, what do you mean the Avengers broke up? <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, okay. Okay, fine. We heard about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could right. skip it, I guess, but it's, it, I think it's so important. It, it, it I, is. Uh, it's super important for what they're trying to say. Like, this is a big philosophy movie for the MCU um, where mm-hmm. we do actually grapple with, for the first time ever, the you know the repercussions of having superheroes yes all of it we're going to talk about all of it we're going from the avengers on all right so new york city washington dc um you know they didn't bring up london with thor which is like also that got fucked up in dark world like it did you know there's a lot of they cost a lot of money and i think that you know at this time like we had just seen you know if you think back to 2016 in May, we it was three months ago, we saw Batman vs. Superman, the uh-huh. original theatrical version. And I think this movie does kind of play upon the same kind of questions, as in, like, what are the super people supposed to do? Who are they accountable to? And how do we deal with them? Right. And, and what, what are they... It's one thing for them to react and save the day, but, like, what are our expectations for them when, once that the dust is settled? Like you know, Zemo's point of like, they, they just went home and then like a couple months later destroyed something else trying to quote unquote, save the day. Um, you know, this is where like later on with, uh, I guess it's Spider-Man homecoming where they have like the, uh, is it damage control with, um, yes. You know, they like kind of retcon that in and have Tony Stark, you know, funding this organization that does all the cleanup and and they always have like little beats and lines of like oh we need to call in in evac and we got to do this and that but it's not enough because we right. don't see it and so you know this is the filmmakers saying okay because we don't see it it is a big deal they need to you know pay for it or they need to you know be accountable for it at least um and yeah the the argument of like and which i think is a, a really strong one of like what cap says, like, what if they, uh, send us somewhere that we don't need to, or we don't want to go, or what if they won't let us go somewhere or that we think we need to go. And that having that two sides of that coin, I think is a really interesting argument. Um, which obviously now, all the Avengers debate, <laughs> you know, it's it, that scene is probably my favorite in the movie. Yeah. I like the way that Tony Stark, sets it up that he takes the story from the lady by the elevator to a different level where he's like, this was a great kid. Look how awesome this person was. But like, we weren't paying attention because we were kicking ass. Yeah. And like, it's like, it's so you can see that like that character has come a long way. Oh my God. Yeah. And at that point, like we're so far along on the journey with him like for him to say that is is pretty big, you know, and and also for him to take kind of what we know of him in the comics, which is he does side with the government a lot of the times, you know, he's more of the guy to say like, you know, if we don't accept oversight, we're no better than the bad guys, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's big to him. Um, I you know, if it was me, I would definitely sign, but you can then resign the Avengers, like. Right. So, like, what if you didn't have to act with them? You know what I mean? You could just be a daredevil-level hero. Nobody gives a shit, right? Mm. You deal, Or you report to fucking, you know, de Blasio or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, and like or the, the commissioner. The other interesting thing is Captain America, Steve Rogers, 
you know, he's got a very definitive version here or idea of, of everything. But if, if he isn't acting, uh, post the events of the winter soldier with Hydra and, and shield falling, he may not have the same perspective because up until that point, he was, uh, you know, an army boy. Like he was like, yeah, he, he questioned things, but like, I think the upheaval of shield really like made him question everything. And, and he doesn't trust the government to go along with them anymore. Yeah. That's, he's so on a different like path, you know, and he's also old, <laughs> um, vision, I think is great. And I think vision is very good in this movie. I'm sure it was very liberating for Paul Bettany to be like, all right, I'm this guy now. And I don't have to just be this voice. Can I put and, on some clothes? <laughs> yeah. Can I wear some regular stuff? Um, he's really great. Uh, I, I think the stuff at the compound is, is pretty cool. I don't get why. I guess it's just because it's so high profile and because of what happened with Ultron. But like, I still think that having the space in the city would be cooler. I don't know. What do you think about the whole compound? stuff uh yeah i mean i guess if this is 2016 four years i mean that building was probably pretty destroyed and new york city was really really fucked like i think about 9-11 right 9-11 like it took several years for like things to be kind of even cleared out and normal just just downtown over there so like if if this is sure. four years removed from from uh, Loki's invasion with the Chitari, like yeah, it's probably pretty bad. Um, I yeah, it is weird that they're kind of so far away, but I guess it's implied that they're not that far. And then they got all this space to kind of do research and development and stuff. Like that's the shit we want to see, but we're never going to see that. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Because there's like all these people that are clearly like employed by the Avengers or something, right? Like yeah, there's a lot of people work there, dude. It's not like just an empty hall. Like it's just, I guess it's a, an offshoot of Stark Industries or something. I don't know. Maybe that would explain a lot. That would explain a lot. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the parts of this movie that are, are, are rushed. And, and I think one of the things that I think works nicely and it does work nicely. Like, I don't think that it's, I don't think that it's bad, right? That's a distinct thing I want to say. Like, I don't think that it's bad. I think that it works in universe. I think that in the direction they were going for these two characters, at least it does work. But it's just like we get a Black Panther intro and a Spider-Man intro in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like like two huge franchise characters. You huge. know, huge. Um, and I wonder Black if that was sort of like because of the Spider-Man deal with the Sony stuff, like maybe it was like, we'll put him in if we can get him. And then they got him. And like, well, I guess let's let's do them both like. We have to now. <laughs> right. Um, that might have been why there was such a major detour. But again, it would like if there was a, an Iron Man four, that's a natural place to introduce it. But they, they didn't have that. <laughs> um, oh, no, for sure. But yeah, um, Black Panther. Um, I do think that was a, a little bit more of a natural like way to, to bring things in. Like, we had some teases in uh, of Wakanda in Age of Ultron recently with, you know, Claw and the Vibranium and stuff. So it's like it was coming and we knew it was coming. So and then obviously all the Wakandans die in, in Lagos. So it's like a natural progression to seeing uh, T'Challa and T'Chaka. Um, but it's it is a, a really tragic way to bring in those characters. You know, it's just hmm. so it's cool to see them in this because I think it definitely gets you excited for the next movie and it, you know, brings them in in a context, you know, you're not necessarily expecting from traditional superhero movies. 
Um, but yeah, seeing Chadwick back as you know Black Panther here was like, oh my god, I know he was so awesome. He was. <laughs> he was like, you know, and and I think in a big way he was being set up to be the next more or less Iron Man of of the next future. Yeah, you know, movies and you know it's incredibly tragic what happened to him, and you know I think we all still miss him, and you know. Uh, whatever they make in Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, I'm sure it will be great. But yeah, this guy, he was, he was something, he was something special. Very, very special and gone too soon. And what, what could have been, um, would have been really, really exciting to see. But, but yeah, I mean, and he's a, he's a major part of this movie. Um, like, like, he doesn't get, I think, enough to do yeah uh, which is like hard to say right like because he's even in it but he does get a couple scenes where he does get to act kind of badass which is cool Mm -hmm. something i also think is interesting about this is you know black panther you know also batman like these characters are built for nighttime fights (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, you know let's not have the big black kitty cat you know in the daytime the whole movie yeah, um, I think point. they could have done a dusk or maybe even an evening scene at the airport. Um, they probably could do that with the cameras movie. now. Very bright. There's not a lot of darkness I, sneaking. I around. completely, I completely agree with you. I think I, 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 I agree, but I also will say this movie is very gray. Uh, you know, I, I don't think this movie pops in the way that Ultron kind of popped in a couple places, or in a in a very special way that Avengers pops. With the colors. Yeah. Um, you know, this movie just feels very gray, very muted. Um, they were using a specific camera. This is right before they uh, switched to the red camera, which is in all the 2017, uh, you know, uh, Marvel movies. So, like, Guardians 2, Spider-Man. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but, yeah, I, I do, you know, Doctor Strange, I think, also looks like this movie. Even though it has some trippier scenes, it has the same color palette. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it, yeah, it's like he he's got stuff to do, but he and and I appreciate that he's in the end of the movie. I think it's important because like his his arc is is kind of also continuing crucial. on. Yeah, yeah, and it you know the what happened the inciting incident of uh, his father getting killed and his whole thing about vengeance not consuming him i think is really great um so but yeah it would be nice to like learn a little bit more about him but that that's what we get in well that's in his best scene movie. right i vengeance is consuming them i will no longer let it consume me yeah he sounds cool <laughs> like his accent that he uses for um t'challa is is awesome yeah um you want to hear him tell him, read a story, you know, it, it <laughs> like, was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Have him narrate all of Black Panther. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, here in Wakanda. Um, yeah, he's he's great. Um, I, I, I'm glad that he's in this movie. Don't get me wrong. He was definitely you were right. Set up to kind of go on and go further. And I think the other guy we got to talk about is a. Uh, one spider-man and we got to remember at this time um you know this is coming off of 2014 which gave us the amazing spider-man 2 mm-hmm. um which totally derailed the future of the spider-man franchise uh and somehow some way marvel and sony came to an agreement and tom holland is the new spider-man I remember that that so vividly. <laughs> yes. I remember it because it was going back and forth for so long. I was on like a ski trip and then like it, the news dropped like the, the morning we left and like there was like a podcast that I was able to listen to on like the ride there. I was like, this is going to be crazy. I can't imagine. <laughs> but, you know, like and now we've had two two solo flicks and there's always still drama behind the scenes. Um it was an interesting choice, like to to throw him in here. Again, it feels a little rushed, 
because but like also we don't need to see the Spider-Man origin again. We've seen it twice already. Um so I will say if you're going to you know look at Spider-Man and Batman and kind of the the differences of the reboots in that same year um you know this one there is no Spider-Man origin, there is no Uncle Ben. You know, we don't even get the line um you know we don't get with great power comes great responsibility um you just you're literally brought in with aunt may and a teenage spider-man and you're like all right you got to figure it all out for the right for yourselves my friends which which like i like the surprise of it like in the movie it's all of a sudden like hey we we're like we need people it's like oh i have an idea and then it just like cuts to queens (laughs) yeah the hard cut. The hard cut. <laughs> and not even teased at any point in any other movie or even in this movie. Um, what? Well, I mean, it's, it's ballsy, and they just did it because they just had to. Um, well, it, it seems to me that it was part of the deal that brought Downey back. You know, it had to be like, okay, so we'll do civ- we'll do Civil War, but then we need Downey in the Spider Man movie. Hundred percent. That's totally what happened. They're like, it has to happen. This is the otherwise, it's not gonna work, and it totally works. Um, yeah, I I like his setup in this movie. I think that it's definitely the 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 youngest Spider Man we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, and you feel it kind of this new version of him. It's not steeped in lore. It's not this idealized version of what you think it's gonna be. Or a Hollywood, it's just like this is just this is just a different thing. Yeah, and it, it feels fresh, and I think it's it's good. And I mean, ultimately, he, he's in what like he's in that scene, and then the big fight scene, and and that's it. And then he's got a post credit scene. Um, so he's not in it a lot, but it, the fact that the, his movie's coming out for the next year is like okay, we're this is this is where we're going. Um, I think it's a great tease. Um. I think having him in the airport sequence, which we'll talk about, um, is kind of like, all right, we've finally got the Spidey with the one-liners, right? Like, that's kind of what you anticipate in from the comic books of how quippy he is. Um, yes. So that's kind of fun. And um, I don't know. I think he, he plays off the characters pretty well, which, you know, I, that's a credit to their casting. Yeah, so... I agree with you. I think he's definitely he's just so much younger than the rest of them. Like Paul Rudd's like what, 50? They're these everyone's 50. <laughs> and he's what? Like 12, you know? Like he's got to be somewhere there. Um real quick before we move on to um the airport fight sequence because I think that's next categorically is um I just want to say the Black Widow fight choreography, especially in the opening sequence is just really really great. Yeah. Um I think that in the different movies, like she usually gets one or two scenes. Um, she gets a couple in this movie and she's great. I'm so excited to see her own movie and to see, you know, what that's going to be about and the characters they're going to bring in. Um, yeah. Right. I, I Cause that, that story takes place right after this movie. After yeah. Civil war. So, um, that'll be interesting and, and kind of her, on the run, I guess again. <laughs> yeah, but she she always is. But I'm excited to see kind of where where she lands and how that looks. Um, and shout outs to ScarJo and everybody on her team for making it look so badass. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the airport sequence. So we build up to this. We get our teams. We're running down. I've actually been to uh this airport in Germany. Yeah. Uh. Yes, Leipzig? I have. It is not Leipzig. This is um, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. I think I've been there too. Um, it's a cool airport. Uh, so not the. I don't remember the outside, but maybe the inside. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I. This is one of those iconic scenes, um, that I think people love. I think. Can you talk to about how much you love this scene? Sure. Um, I mean. I think it's 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 super silly, right? Like <laughs> it's it's comic books put on screen. It's a giant splash page and um just like I I was thinking about this as we were watching it like 
because we've seen it so many times now, like, you know, what's, what's happening and what's coming, but like the actual plan <laughs> of what's supposed to happen is cap recruits these other Avenger or these other superheroes to join his squad. So he, he adds in, um, Ant-Man, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Scarlet, Witch to, to Bucky Falcon and himself. The plan is for them all to go as like a little secret Avengers team to uh, Siberia to stop Zemo from resurrecting the super soldiers. That's a that's not a movie that happens. <laughs> Everything completely changes. And so they go in and obviously Tony's team comes in to stop them from doing that. And so you've got this like fight that breaks out, um, which in real life probably go doesn't go down this way, but in, in the comic book world, like, you know, if, if we say that winter soldier is like a p political thriller, like this, this feels like, okay, they made a comic book <laughs> as a movie, like more than any yeah. other comic book movie that's been made. Um, and, and while like as fans of the comics would probably have loved to see like a hundred superheroes versus each other, like realistically, this is what you get because this is, you know, the MCU had only been around for like eight years and they've been building characters. And obviously they, in order to make this work, they had to add new characters and take some away because you can't have Thor and Hulk and Doctor Strange smashing things around because like people would die. Um, Definitely. But, but you know, I, I think it's fun. I think they, they did a really good job with the action. Um, I think... I still laugh at the jokes, uh, but you know, maybe you don't. Um, I, I just think it's, it's, it's really cool to see and, you know, watching it on, on my new TV was fun, but, uh, it, it just like, it, it derails the movie completely. <laughs> right. Um, but that's not even it for me. I think that this is a good scene. I think that there are parts of it that do hold up and feel like the, um, you know, the Avengers shot where there's all six of them and the camera spins around. Um, yeah. Parts of the, the iconic, you know, uh, highlight reel of the MCU. Um, you know, one thing I, I think it's kind of, you know, interesting. You know, I think going into this movie, I think, you know, we were all speculating somebody could die. Mm -hmm. Will somebody die? You know, what's going to happen? Um, you know, for a fight sequence, that's majority funny and not so much fighty, horrible, you know, tense when it comes down to, you know, the actual stakes of this, when Rhodey gets shot. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that they could have maybe committed to that all the way. I know that we love, um, Don Cheadle and I think War Machine's a great character, uh, but I could also see you know having some real consequences from this. Yeah, and I was thinking that too. Um, obviously, even everyone's expectations going into this was like maybe Captain America dies in this movie, maybe not yeah. in the sequence, but uh, so that was kind of a like, oh, okay, I guess that's not happening. But yeah, I totally, totally thought that. Rhodey died. I remember watching it in the theater and being like, like mouth open. And then like a minute later to see him, him like going into an MRI machine. Like, okay. Um, yeah, they probably should have committed to that or, I mean, there, it's just like, there is already so much tragedy in this movie. Like we know they're, they're dealing with the aftermath of all the, 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 the like Sokovia and all the other places. And, you know, you feel for Zemo and then you, you, you're dealing with the tragedy of, of T'Chaka. Um, so like to have one more person, like maybe that's too dark. Uh, but that's true. You have side characters that die. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, man, but they uh, could have done it for sure. I, I think, you know, obviously my favorite part is giant man. Oh yeah. I think, <laughs> You know, Ant-Man is a very exciting, you know, I, I, I'm excited to do Ant-Man the movie. I like that movie a lot, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, But, 
you know, I think with uh, Giant Man, which is something that, you know, they tease, you know, with the character just being around, you know, that maybe he'll grow big one day. Um, I think he's used really effectively in this movie. Um, I mean, you just, they picked such a great actor to do that with like Paul Rudd. He's so funny he's and so charming funny. and you know, he's, uh, when he grows big and you see behind his eyes and he's like, Oh, <laughs> like that's such a great, hilarious moment. Like yes. n- that always gets a laugh out of me. Whereas like, I think, you know, the Spider-Man line about empire strikes back, like, you know, it's coming. And then, you know, yeah, it's executed well, but I don't know if I laugh at it every time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the the Spider Man sequence with um with Bucky and Falcon though. I think that's kind of fun. Um, more so maybe than the the Empire Strikes Back, and I like the like him versus uh, Steve Rogers thing. I think that's cool. Um, but he's like. Because like when you see him fighting for the first time and like so like, oh you have a metal arm like he's like he's this little kid and he's just like so like excited to be around all these other superheroes. Meanwhile, they're all like, Holy fuck, this guy is strong. He looks so scrawny and like how is he just like stopping everybody? It's 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 fun. Um But yeah, it, it's it is uh it's a good sequence. Uh maybe it goes on a little too long and then like yeah, it ends in this tragedy and also kind of the 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 flipping of Black Widow, um, which was a choice because like ultimately she in this movie, it was surprising for her to side with Tony in the first place. And so for her to then, you know, change her mind by the end isn't all that surprising. Whereas like if you had someone like, I don't know, vision change. <laughs> sides like it's like whoa that would be unexpected um totally so totally yeah uh um black widow is a double agent and tony stark makes fun of that later i like that yeah um where is nick fury in this movie swear the fury files i mean uh okay so this is where i mean we were talking about this last time obviously he's laying low after his like attempted murder but then he pops up in age of ultron with with the uh the helicarrier and then he disappears again i think this may be the point in which maybe he gets swapped out Oh, maybe they're going to retcon that now because and 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 I think it, it it'll work. But I think the reason why they say that he's not here is because he's not going to show up and, you know, talk to General Ross because everyone thinks he's dead. Like yeah. the only people that know he's alive are the Avengers. And so they're not about to be like, oh, yeah, let's call him Nick Fury. Like. And also, it's like kind of an internal struggle. Like, uh, maybe having Fury's like perspective, or like give him a call and be like, "What do you think about all this?" Like, I think he'd just be like, "I don't know, ain't my problem." See you later. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, that's this is not his fight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think. All right. So let's touch upon our guys that we just spent a whole series with. Um, that being Winter Soldier, Falcon, and Zemo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you know, actually, no, we're gonna we're gonna mention those guys. But real quick, I think the Scarlet Witch Vision stuff in this movie is very good, mm-hmm. and it definitely sets up WandaVision. Do you agree? I agree. Probably like, could have used some more, but again, it's so it, so many movies, so many movies that we could have had. I think we could have had three movies here to to flesh out all these characters. Maybe maybe it's not all Civil War, but maybe we have stuff because like you know Scarlet and Scarlet Witch and Vision, like we've seen them now and we've we've grown to love them, but their relationship is just like blossoming here. Um, he got distracted and he doesn't know how. Didn't know that was possible. D D D D. 
Um, yeah. So, all right, back to our boys, Zemo, Winter Soldier, Falcon. Um, I think Zemo's plan is a very good plan, but I think part of a good movie plan is that the how has to be equally as exciting as the why and the what. Mm. And I think that in a movie like Dark Knight, the execution of the Joker's plan is always the, the craziest thing you could possibly imagine, right? Like, we're going to have cars, and we're going to race in an underground driveway with tractor trailers and garbage trucks to the point where the Joker will steal one of these trucks, drive it on the streets in downtown Chicago, and then we're going to fully flip an 18-wheeler, right? Like, the spectacle of that alone is really powerful, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Whereas I think because the subject matter, the assassination of, Ch of T'Chaka, the, um, the dissolution of the Avengers, the, um, you know, all of the little points, the killing of the guy in the hotel room to be the psychology guy, all of what makes it fun to watch the Joker, they don't do with Zemo. And I think maybe we could have used a little bit of that. Right. What it do you think? And I know we, and, and trust me, I still agree that the plan works, right? It's a very effective plan. It's not what we're expecting. Yeah. By the time we get to it and we see what he's done to destroy the Avengers, that's, he's right. Yeah. The Avengers are at, dead. At the end, when, uh, Martin Freeman, who is here as an American for some reason, <laughs> at the end is like, to see you fail so spectacularly, like, did I? Did it fail? Like, no, it's like he, it really worked. Um, a bunch of the Avengers are getting broken out of jail. They're on the run and others are injured and they're not on speaking terms. It worked. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you have to be paying attention this movie a lot. Like how many times do we see the sequence with the, the car, right? It starts the movie. You see another like bit later and another bit later. You got to like kind of understand why are we watching this, this car crash thing uh, with the winter soldier and how important it becomes by the end. Um, so I, I feel like they're, tr they're playing it super coy all along and that they're trying to, so you, you don't figure it out necessarily what his plan is. Because again, like when you go to the airport, you think he's going to get these super, soldiers and he wants to do it but we never see him like actually say no i i hate the avengers i hate super people until the end of the movie and so right like which watching it the first time is great because you you can't predict what's gonna happen but now watching it it's like all these things that are being like teased and talked about never come to fruition because like actually his plan was another thing the whole time um so I, I appreciate the like um the subtlety that they they did with Zemo but like now looking back on it it would have been nice to have a little bit more character development there and and to see like just even more like mustache twilliness of him like now seeing him now on the show like he's so right. fun and like if they could have had that in this movie and I mean I get it like he he's still mourning his family and he's really like he's like ready to kill himself too. Like he just wants to get through this plan and he's in a really dark place, but I don't know. Maybe we could have seen him a little unhinged or something, you know, like the Joker. <laughs> I, I, that's something, it's just something that Marvel, like I just don't think that they do super great is, is figure out the perspective of the villain to show it to the audience. And I think this movie is kind of a big one of that, but let let's move on well and, uh, and i think i think the reason until why, thanos until thanos and i think the reason why i mean we've had some other good villains along the way but um the reason why because zemo as much as zemo is the villain of this movie iron man is the villain of this movie that's true 
or That's the government true. is the villain of this or, or Captain America is the villain. Like there's, there's like, it's coming from all angles and he's the one that's like pulling the strings and yeah, moving it forward. But he's just shining the light on the, the faults that are already there. No, that's a great point too. That's awesome. Um, do you think that, you know, the winter soldier in this movie is more threatening or less threatening than winter soldier? Captain America Winter Soldier. I think he's more threatening in this. I think he's scarier. He's scarier in this because he's like, because you think he's normal and then all of a sudden he pulls out the book and he starts doing a lot of damage and trying to, you know, bust out like, and then like the flashback sequences and, and seeing how brutal he, brutally he murders Stark's parents, it's it's so sad. Um, yeah, definitely more threatening this time. And then I think Falcon gets some great lines, but I don't think he he gets a lot of like character development. Like he gets like side character stuff, you know, like he's not the main focus. Yeah. He sh- I, f- I feel like he almost even says the same line in this movie as he did in the last movie. Like something about like it, when people start shooting, they start shooting at me. Or maybe that was just like a flip on what Steve says to him in the last movie. I don't know. It just felt like, yeah, very sidekicky, and um, it would be nice to have a little bit more to do with him. I appreciate that the final like discussion in in the raft, like when when Tony shows up and he kind of like makes his rounds, like he doesn't even talk to to Wanda because she would probably like rip him a new one. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but he, you know, he makes his way around and then like the final, like it's, it's between him and, and, uh, and Sam, I think that was effective. Um, and you, you, you see him think about it. It's like, uh, I don't know. Should I tell, let this guy go? Um, but maybe he is coming from, from a good place. And like, ultimately he makes the right choice, but he doesn't know what, is waiting for them there. Sam doesn't know. So, no. yeah. Um, I, it, it made me appreciate that they got so much time in the show. I think this is definitely the movie where they decide to give them a show. It's crazy that oh, this yeah. movie is both Scarlet, Witch, vision and Falcon and winter soldiers. Like these are your new shows. <laughs> Well, and that's that's so we we not only get those two shows out of this, we get Black Panther, we get Spider Man, Spider Man, and then ultimately Infinity War, yeah, and now Black all- Widow. It's a lot. It's a lot of content. It's a lot of content. So, um, I don't know, man. Do you have anything in sum you want to say? We've been talking about this for a minute. Oh, wow. How do we make it this long? Um, I like this movie a lot. I don't think I love it. I want it. I, I, in my memory, it's better than it probably actually is because I appreciate seeing everyone on screen together. And I think there's a lot of really great beats. So like when you think about it and all the things together, but when you watch it as a whole, it's, it's a lot to get through and it feels very episodic to me. Um, like, it just goes from scene to scene to scene to scene. And it's like, really, like we probably could have stretched this out. Um, or cut it down. Like I keep saying making it more, but maybe there's a version where it's less too. Um, but I, I, I appreciate all of the the conversations that they have and, and everything with the Sokovia Accords, I think is really interesting. And um, ultimately, yeah, it sets it sets up the next two big movies in in such a major way that and we love those films so much that without this one, we wouldn't be there. And um and, and I think this is also maybe a showcase for like what the Russos can do um, like sure. act- action wise. Like, yeah, they did that in winter soldier, but they like up the stakes here. And so like, by the time you get to infinity war, you're like, Oh, these guys from community, we could totally see them doing, <laughs> doing these big movies. Right. Um, yeah. That's a great point. It's definitely a big audition tape for an Avengers movie. Yeah. You know, they can do captain America fine, but, 
can you do Avengers? Here they found out yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, would I have rather have had a different Captain America 3 and then also had this at some point? Probably. Um, but I, I'm glad we have it. I think it's, it's a cool piece of the MCU. Um, what about you? I'm, I'm exactly on your same page, dude. That's where I am. I think that with more movies, with you know more development of different content across a couple of different things, I think they could have really had something really significant. I think while at the time it was definitely fun and interesting and played into that era of, you know, why are we superheroing anymore? Um, but I think largely when you look back at it now, it's it's setting the table for what's to come, and that's. Um, you know, it's not a, necessarily a downer, but I think that it, it, it takes away some of the weight that this movie tried to have yeah. and tried to put into the MCU. Um, and the last thing, we didn't even touch on it, like the final fight between you know, sure. Cap and, and Tony. Um, it's heart-wrenching to see them to go like this and... Um, it's so different from Batman and Superman and that you're waiting to see them fight because you want to see how they're going to use their power set and yeah. what's going to happen. Like by the time we get to this moment in the movie, like we know that they're just going to, they, they just brawl. Like it doesn't really make any sense why Iron Man just stays on the ground and, and punches Captain America. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's brutal and it, it's, it's definitely, it's wrenching. Yeah. And and then it like like I said before, it just kind of ends. Like they 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 fight. He gives up the shield, and Zemo is captured. Zemo is captured. I think they both kind of think about it. Like there's a beat in between, right? By the time we get to the letter later, like that they both kind of think back on what happened. Like this is this is them both like so raw, and it's like, well, okay, maybe maybe the other guy had a point, right? And that's why they come to to sort of like a, a middle ground. Um, but obviously we know that Tony is, is hesitant to call Steve still by the time infinity war comes along. So anyway, I, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, sorry if everyone, if, if we feel down on this movie, I think it's just a lot to talk about. Um, but it's, um, it's a, it's a huge part of the MCU and, um, we would love to know what you guys thought about it. Is this like your favorite one? Is this your favorite Captain America? Uh, please let us know. Um, so I think from here, the plan, and you know, don't hold us to this because we, we can change things. The plan from here, obviously Loki's coming out really soon. Um, we're going to dive into Thor, the first Thor, um, and, and hopefully try to get to Avengers and maybe another Thor after that, or I guess it's dark world is the, the only other one we haven't covered um, because we want to kind of put that show into context as well. Um, that's kind of what we're, our plan has been. So um, does that sound good to you, bud? It sounds great, man. Can't wait. Awesome. If you guys want to help me out, <laughs> I'm performing at New York city comedy club, Broadway comedy club. Um, on Friday, June 4th at 9 p.m., Friday, if you want to see me do my comedy and you live in the New York City tri-state area, it's a Friday night, 9 p.m., get a babysitter, get a dog walker. I need you there. There's a link uh, I will share. Please come out. Sounds great. Uh, well, we are the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Uh, you can find us online at www longlostheroes.net you can email us at info at longlostheroes.net uh, you can subscribe to us on itunes on spotify on google Podcasts, stitcher uh, please leave us a rating and review we greatly appreciate it uh, and you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at llh podcasts where you can comment and let us know what you thought about this movie and if you're excited to talk about thor <laughs> so uh i think that'll do it for us this week uh anything else aj that is it be well man be well people all right thanks everyone bye, bye.